we, we yeah. rely on bullshitting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Either No, nah, man. Um, I uh, I was gonna say I really um, like you mentioned in all the different people, you know, um, podcasts in the in the fantasy faction. Man, that is it's an amazing idea. Granted, we took a chance on the last one we were in and got absolutely effed in the B because Tony decided to put all the four pillars against each other one night and it just screwed us. But, you know. Yeah. Um, and we missed the boat on this one, so yeah. we'll be back. But uh, but it's just, like you said, it's a really cool uh, thing to do in terms of just bringing people together. Like you said, like uh, Twitter and even Instagram sometimes, the wrestling fan base can seem very you know divisive and you know everybody hates each other but man the amount of people we've met i mean online and and at live shows the the positivity has been definitely way more than the negative in our opinion yeah it's definitely just a very vocal minority man it's you don't you don't see a lot of that when you're waiting in the lines because those people paid the money to see the product they are yeah. there because they're fans. Like you said, when you get to WrestleMania, if your tire goes and your, your tire pops, if you're on the side of the road and no help, if you're wearing a wrestling shirt, someone's probably going to pull over and help you with another wrestling shirt on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a different feel at that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, Dude, um, I totally believe I mean, that. I, could... I, I love <laughs> seeing someone in, in public with a Bullet Club t-shirt on. And if I don't know them, I'll throw them a too sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it really, I've actually seen a meme where it's like when you see somebody else in public with a wrestling t-shirt on and it's Frankenstein holding his arms out, just going friend, you, know, like, <laughs> you just, Hey, we like the same thing. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And there's, there's no other like connection like that. I don't think. And yeah, the, I mean the whole, the fantasy faction thing, man, we were just playing that to ourselves with a few people in, in private for like a year. And then we thought, um, you know, invite a couple of podcasts to it, see what happens. And we got uh, we got two people signing up at first. It's High Side of the Ropes and Wrestling for Life Network. And within that little triple threat, we just decided um, to just throw throw our promotions out on social media and just and just uh, help each other out. And from then, it just it just grew. And thankfully, um, you know, as it's grown more and more people just you know kind of agree with that message it's it's there's community behind it um everyone can use whatever time they have to to help each other out um it doesn't seem at all competitive in there apart from the friendly competition that is you know just racking up the points and see who ends up with the most at the end of a few weeks um um we're really we're really happy really humble very very honored too that people would take the time to to get involved with it and we're we're very very thankful that people like yourselves have uh, have added to the positivity and uh, yeah. and the networking and you know it's like the, the there's, there's a really great quote the rising tide floats all ships i sort of I, mm-hmm. I i like to follow that and think that that you know that that, that applies here too um so i'll say it a lot throughout the show but thank you thank you for for engaging with it and oh, absolutely as as the game's gone on we've figured out there's little strategy to the game that we don't necessarily know or have seen and one of those is you can't rely on tony khan booking no. you're going to succeed <laughs> in this game we've discovered you Amen. can't rely on tony khan booking well so. that's the thing is i thought for a minute like 
well, I can't rely if if Vince is back in the fold. Who knows what's happening over in WWE? So I was like, sweet, four pillars, let's do it. And then Tony's like, nah, we're gonna have a tournament. And I'm like, fuck, like that's not gonna work. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because we have a segment that we put together, which is an AEW Pillars tournament. There's been a lot of talk about AEW Pillars um, lately. You know, you've got the the four pillars. Of course, it's like MJF, Sammy, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy. But that starts like a discussion online, you know, well, maybe Chris Jericho is a pillar too, or maybe you know, Britt Baker is a pillar, and there's, there's that whole discussion. So what we aim to do with this next segment is uh, end all arguments with regards to who is the biggest pillar in AEW. And I think I've come up with a great way to do that by putting them into a good old tournament I've taken 16, 16 superstars or tag teams who were pretty much there from the start, unless some, unless I got it wrong. I'm pretty sure all these people were there from the start, so like 2018, 19. And uh, what we're going to attempt to do today, uh, seeing, as, seeing as there is uh, three of you, uh, if you would be so kind, if we go through these uh, pillars uh, and vote through all the way down to number one. Okay. If that sounds like a plan. Good. That so that round made sense. I, I worry. Absolutely. That yes. When I yes, talk for longer than sixty seconds, it may not make sense. Plus, all three of us have the, the the copy. I would say hand, so we can see it vis- visibly as well. So yes. Oh, brilliant! Um, I'm looking at it right now. So awesome. I have to say though, um, we're gonna have to talk about your seeding off air. I don't know. If <laughs> well, I randomized the seeds. I did randomize them. Well, your uh, randomizer well, that is. Lot, that makes a lot more sense because I was yeah. wondering how how Hangman got seated as sixteen. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying against the Young Bucks. Oh, it's because but, CM Punk made this list. Yeah, that's why, that's why Hangman's at number sixteen. Right. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so Dad World Order. Uh, speaking of Hangman, I guess that's the first match. So, in terms of, I mean, obviously you can have your own subjective criteria but in terms of i guess uh, you know who who's the biggest pillar like who have aw relied on the most if aw was this big heavy cinder block and you needed it to be held up who has the best chance of holding that big old cinder block up so match one it's a friggin tough one fucking tough one so young bucks versus hangman page it's not tough for me. Not tough for no? me either. Not tough for me. That is Young Bucks all day. If we're talking about who has the biggest impact in AEW, who's done the most for AEW, normally I would say Hangman Page holds a, a candle in being able to be that person. But when you hold him next to the Young Bucks, absolutely not. Young Bucks get my vote in this round. Agreed. Well, same with me. I, 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 uh, I mean, if we go back to like, <laughs> Hangman's title reign. I mean, it was kind of uh, almost like a Drew McIntyre title reign. I could have slept through it. It just wasn't. I mean, his in-ring stuff is, you know, bar none, incredible. But you know, it's yeah. all the other stuff that I, he just. I feel he doesn't. He lacks when compared to the Bucks. The Bucks have that extra special it. You know that that you can see it in you know being the elite vlog and all that stuff. But you know, yeah. I definitely agree with Cephas on this one. Yeah. To me, it felt like 
they they put the belt on him um, in order to tell us that now he's the main event guy. Like, mm-hmm. like when AEW first started, uh, it was all about sort of competition, wins and losses, and then whoever's the top guy, you would think, yes, like, that makes sense. He's already the top guy. But, you know, Hangman sort of built up to it, and, and then they kind of put the belt on him like... Like as a okay recognition for hard work without him being the you know the undisputed tippy top guy he felt in a way transitional well and you also had i mean like at revolution you had cm punk versus mjf in a freaking dog collar match which made him versus adam cole feel very secondary mm. uh in my opinion so a pillar he is not, according to the DW. I, 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 w- I will make one argument for Hangman, just so it doesn't sound like we're shitting on him too much. His storyline <laughs> to the title, I feel like, is a backbone of AEW because I feel like that really slingshotted them to the next level in terms of, hey, we can do this long-term storytelling type thing. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the most compelling stories on television was Hangman versus kenny for you know ever and i i I felt like that was one of the i remember getting into aew and finding out about that storyline and that was to me like okay this is why i want to watch you know that's my number one hey i want to watch because of this so um but yeah i mean bucks still all day long he's yeah he's for sure got his place on the on the roster and he will go down as probably an aew legend I, I I can see him being a company man. Yeah, um, he's the stinger. He'll be there. He's the, he's he's the stinger. stinger. He won't he's leave stinger, nowhere. Yeah. yeah, he's loyal. Right, next one. This might be easy too. Uh, Pack versus Moxley. Mox. Mox. Done. <laughs> Done. Come on. We're, Come on. <laughs> in and out in twenty minutes. Well, we're, we're also. We're also from the greater Cincinnati area, so that doesn't really help either. But, okay. Well, um, not to mention that he's kind of our boy at this point. Yeah. Like, I was just, on Saturday, I was standing right next to him. I watched him wrestle with SGC, and it was awesome. But anyway. Yeah, he, oh, really? he shook my nephew's hand covered in blood. So Yeah. <laughs> what? So that's what I love about Moxley. Like, he's he's a journeyman. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he, could, he He could stick to... He could stick to AEW if he wanted. He could be the, the top dog there, but he he goes around and he and he seems to works. He works. He keeps busy. Yeah. yeah. He went you and don't wrestled think at W would or I'm sorry, you don't think WWE would take him back in a heartbeat and give him a fat check? Oh, of course so they would. Good. And and I think unlike Paige, I don't I don't see Moxley being AEW for life. I think eventually once body's starting to hurt a little bit more and he's looking to maybe, I mean, I'm assuming if he's looking to coast a little bit and yeah, maybe get some fat Saudi checks, then the return is there. Like the stories are there. And Imagine honest, a triple threat with the shield now, you know? Yeah. yeah. No Ambrose though. Like Ambrose, like no, Ambrose Ambrose is there, so... back in WWE. Yeah. That was actually we had a we did um, a while back now with uh, uh, I don't know if you 
seen the Pro Wrestling Podcast Instagram page, Dave, over there. Um, he's one of our buddies. We did a, a show with him, and we did a uh, – if WWE and AEW did a super card, like – what would you what would you book like doesn't mm-hmm. you know throw uh you know all the details out the window just what are your fantasy matches and i said do a shield triple threat with rollins roman and mox all as champions no titles are on the line just everybody walking in as a champion and being like all right let's see who's the best i think that would be yeah. unreal Three big swinging dicks. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You come put, your, put your finger down, Cephas. I know y'all can't see it, but he's over here talking, Mr. I hate you so much. <laughs> what? You, you, he, uh, you don't Cephas like the idea? Is a, Cephas it hangs on Roman. And acts, yeah, oh, God. Oh, you, you, you acknowledge. You fully acknowledge. Yeah. Fully acknowledge. I, he, he's really upset that I predicted uh, that Roman was going to beat Cody. I was so it. mad at him for that. He so I predicted mad. that shit in fucking Ro- uh, in Royal Rumble, and he's like, "No, there's no way." He, he you can go back and look at some of our early shows, and uh, <laughs> he, he's like, "There's no way." And when it happened, I the first thing I thought of was <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Mike was sitting right next to me. He can confirm. I just started laughing like I was the Joker, like just insane, <laughs> maniacal, like oh, I'm gonna Did lose my mind. <laughs> Everything okay? It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I think so fine. At, at Mania this year, I put my wands down. I was flip flopping all week. I was like, "Was it Roman? Is it Cody? Is it gonna be Roman? Is it Cody?" And then, right before the main event, I said, "No, I'm, I'm putting my wands down," and I put it all on Cody. What a feeling that was, brother! What a feeling oh. that was when the hush hit the crowd. All the air got sucked out of that stadium, man. The, oh I've, my gosh! I've, I've been parts of, of crowds like that before, but nothing—I mean, in in arenas, nothing to that magnitude. I mean, I have a theory. I have a conspiracy theory that they did that because they wanted people to rush out the stadium quicker. They were like, come on, we need to clean up the place. <laughs> come on, get. Out come on, get. No confetti. The, the day on. before, when Sammy and KO won, I, I feel like the stadium, the crowd lasted a little bit longer. At least my co-host and Anthony, we danced until Sammy Zayn's music stopped. So I, think, I don't know. I think they were trying to How clear people out. Tactics. Right. So we've got Mox going through against Pac. Clean sweep again. Sorry, Pac. Sorry, Pac. He's my boy. He's he's from England, and he supports Newcastle like me. <laughs> uh, sorry, Pac. Match three. Okay. Dustin Rhodes and Jungle Boy. I want to make a case for Dustin Rhodes in terms I, yeah. of being a backstage pillar as well as an on like mm-hmm. his match early on with Cody Rhodes was great to establish the company on screen. But backstage, I don't know. That, that's my case for Dustin. Not trying to influence your votes, but no, he. Uh, I would definitely <clears throat> say that it seems like Dustin could very well go off into the sunset and just run his wrestling school. Right? He doesn't. He doesn't need to wrestle anymore. He doesn't even need to be backstage. But it, from what I have heard and what it sounds like, that dude is one of the biggest mentors to not even the younger talent, just the talent in general backstage. So I could definitely see that argument being made 
for him, but I don't know, man. I got to go with Jungle Boy just because Jungle Boy was one of the first matches I saw of AEW. It was I saw a match that Jungle Boy was in, and that's what he was one of the ones that drew me in because he was doing all kinds of crazy shit, and I'm just like, what? You know, what is this? It was it was him, and uh, it was a. Uh, um, uh, Penta, Penta and Eddie versus the Bucks, yeah. and uh, it was all during the pandemic and everything. But I'm, I would have to vote Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Now, as much as I want to lean towards Dustin, Jungle Boy is AEW original. You know what I mean? I know who Jungle Boy is because of AEW. The Jungle Boy figure I own is because of AEW. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know what I mean, and and. As far as doing the most for the company, I would say while Dustin's done a lot, I have tuned in because of matches for Jungle Boy. You know what I mean? Like now, I, I tune in for Dustin too, but I think to a greater impact, it's got to go Jungle Boy, man. I hate that we're all just slamming on the same sides here, but I mean, Jungle Boy for sure. I don't think it'll continue much further as we get down the list. That's no, I was looking at it this round. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, again, I, I agree with these guys. Um, I, I think Jungle Boy, too. If we're talking about Pillar, I mean, if we're talking about influential to wrestling in a whole, um, Dustin Rhodes, obviously. Uh, but Jungle fun. Boy, in terms of to AEW Pillar, yeah, because he is, like they said, an original. Uh, when I think of Jungle Boy, I think of AEW. Yeah. When I think of Dustin Rhodes, I think of Gold Dust. I think of Tarzan now. <laughs> also, to see, I was going to say um, to anyone who doesn't watch wrestling, if they saw my Spotify most played and saw Tarzan Boy by Baltimore on there, yep. they're saying, "Oh, you you like eighties? But any wrestling fans would be like, "Oh, you like Jungle Boy? You like Jungle Boy? Yeah." <laughs> the same with how up. many times I've played the Pixies. Where is my mind? You feel yeah. like I was. Some kind of indie guy. I like a little yeah. bit of indie, but by God, I love me some Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Jungle Boy's through. Uh, <laughs> right, here's one. Here's one for you to ponder. <laughs> Kenny Omega versus MJF. These guys should Holy. be on opposite sides of the bracket, man. I randomized oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get first on this one. We got to get rid of one. This is a Tony Khan bracket right here, dude. MJF, for sure. MJF, for sure. And here's why. Kenny Omega Omega had a name before AEW. Kenny Omega was the Golden Lovers. Kenny Omega was NJPW. He was the one-winged angel. He was his own established thing. When MJF came out, he grabbed my attention, and he has kept it since. And he is, whether people want to face it or not, the biggest talent that AEW has created on their own. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely the significant, most significant talent that they have. He is their Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is their Rock, whatever you want to call it. Yep, I agree. I I I, I want to say Kenny Omega just because you know, like him and the Bucks started the freaking thing. But in terms of you know, it's same argument you made with Jungle Boy. Like the reason. I knew about Jungle Boy was because of AEW. I didn't know about him before that. Same with MJF. I didn't have a clue who this guy was. But ever since I watched him form the pinnacle, I mean, I've been just enthralled by this guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what he's done since, 
love him or hate him. I mean, the dude says he's a generational talent, and he's one of those guys that he knows exactly how good he is, you know? And every single match I've seen him in just gets better and better and better. I know Mike has said this multiple times, and I agree with him. One of our favorite things is how, like, audible he is in the ring. Yep. Like, uh, who, who, who was who was the yeah. other guy you said that did that really well? Ko. Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it it adds so much to a match, you know. Like you hear, you know, the chops, slaps, whatever. But man, when you somebody picks him up and is about to spine buster him, and you hear him go, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. you know, that just it adds so much more fine and, fine details. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The dude just gets it, and uh, you know. He, as much as I want to say Kenny Omega, also, I mean, because without him and the Bucks, you know, they're, you know, and that the the event they initially put together, there would be no AEW. But Man. you know, MJF is everything these guys just said. I don't think I could put it any better than you know what these guys have said. So, yep. guys, we're not even halfway through the first round, and we've already gotten rid of Paige and Omega. Well, what? <laughs> This randomizer bracket. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, how do you put them into seeds? That's a whole different thing. Oh, I know. Do you, you, dude? You could take a month putting these things, putting <laughs> these guys into seeds. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Vaughn from the victorious ones. By the way, he's got a pretty, he's got a very extensive um, top fifty greatest wrestlers of all time. We're talking like multi, multi years it took him to put this together, and he's got wow. He's these great detailed explanations on his blog. Um, really recommend that. All right, Omega's out then. Wow. Let me know, listeners. The DWO hate Kenny Omega. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, it's true. Wow. Sorry, disclaimer. I'm joking. Right, second half of the brackets. Um, I think this is a tough one. Darby Allen versus the Lucha Bros. Ooh, that's Lucha Bros for me, man. Like I said before, one of my first matches I watched in AEW was. Uh, but uh, Ray Phoenix was hurt, so it was um, Penta and Eddie. But just seeing Penta come out—I mean, it was the Joker gear and everything. Like he and doing Canadian destroyers on the apron and all this stuff. Like I was just enthralled by him. And they, in in my mind, put on the best tag match I've ever seen in a steel cage against the Young Bucks at All Out. So, mm-hmm. um. And this is no disparagement to Darby Allen. I, I, he has put on some absolutely fantastic matches, but for me, it's Lucha Bros. Well, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this because I'm going to go with Darby. Please do. In my opinion, I think Darby is hardy HBK levels of babyface. Uh, and I feel like that they have very few babyfaces that are – I mean, it doesn't matter what the fuck Darby Allen does. He's going to have those screaming people, you know what I mean? And the, the, the girls love him. The guys want to be him. Skateboarding. I, and plus the matches, man. He backs it up. And the stuff with Sting, so many people shit-talked when they first paired them up. Like, this is going to suck. And it, it has not sucked. It has been one of the uh, premier parts of uh, old and new mixing together in AEW. So now I guess it falls on, on Mike to, to to make the final vote. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, because, you know, I 
one of the things I originally loved about AEW was their tag division because of WWE lacks thereof besides Usos. But yeah, so Lucha Bros were were part of the reason that I you know initially fell in love with AEW that and the tag whole tag division. Um, but Darby, you know, again is an original and he's someone when I think of AEW, I think of Darby Allen. Um, you know, his association with Sting though also does bear some weight on that. Um, for me, you know, being a little nostalgic. So ah, man. I'm gonna go with Darby. I, I think Darby's more of a pillar. I mean, I, think, I feel like he really kind of made a name for himself there, to where the Lucha Bros maybe made a name for themselves, uh, you know, in, in their time in Mexico. So they were already kind of known. That is true. What, what do you, I didn't even think about that? What do you think is Darby Allen's ceiling in AEW? World champ. As long as Time. he doesn't die. World champ. Time. <laughs> I think he's got world champ potential, man, and I think. Uh, I think he's, I think he's a potential for maybe one day <laughs> um, taking it off of MJF in a surprise match. You know, even even if it was a headlock takeover. You know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah, exactly. It's the only way it happens. I, I feel like it could happen. Darby to take it off MJF. Potential. <clears throat> and uh, just disclaimer, uh, you know, me choosing Lucha Bros. That's purely a. Uh, me personally, big rig. I that's why I fell in love with AEW was because of the Lucha Bros. So that's why I picked him. I get Not it. that you hate Darby Allen. Yes, I hate him <laughs> for the passion. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that. That is tough one. I I I would have lent towards Lucha Bros just because of yeah. When AEW first started, they really did want to get that tag team emphasis going, and yeah, for so long WWE's tag division was dry as fuck so that was one of their i guess the tag division was sort of a pillar of mm-hmm. aew yeah and yeah, sure. um i mean hopefully it gets back one day it's, i mean it's in good hands with ftr um but you know i would like to see that i don't know i'd like to see that progress a little bit mm-hmm. more it's hard with it, them introducing the the trios belts did kind of pull away from the tag division a little bit, I think, but like it divided it a bit. Yeah. Because you had people that were tag teams and it was like, Oh, well, now we got a third. Let's go after yeah. the trio, you know? So it's, I feel like there's a lot of borrowing going on, but I think they're still, um, they're still fun to watch. So I kind of think WWE counted this also by naming the tag belts, undisputed tag team champions. Like, it's a subtle message, like, no, tag team champions of the world, mm-hmm. like, out of everywhere. And also, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens both have two belts each. So what's better than a tag team holding up one belt each? It's two belts each. So it's it's that visual image as well. Dang, so I think WWE have tried to counteract that. They uh, need effort. to change those belts, too. I, I, I was going to say, I'm going to rant about oh, this until it happens. Those coins, belts are the yeah. ugliest tag belts aside from the bronze ones that they had which those are almost Denny's. no the, those aren't better i'm sorry no. um they just they look like garbage please but that's the thing with all the recent belt changes i i personally big rig have not been a fan of them so i don't even think i'm gonna like what they changed these to so who knows they've got to go classic they? please 
If Hunter has a say in it, he's a traditionalist. He's gonna the giant logo. Yeah. They don't need the giant <clears throat> logos on the tag belt. So if they go back to like the attitude air design, yeah, something around that. The marketing department will never approve that. But the merch, that's what it all boils down well, to. They're pretty much a big corporation to have a subtle logo on anymore. And I heard this argument too. There's no way WWE changes those belts. And one of the biggest reasons is that every Super Bowl, what does the winning team get? Yep. A WWE championship belt that they carry on national television for a whole freaking week. You had Patrick yep. Mahomes with that giant logo. Across every major, you know what I mean? Like At who? That's man. Uh, in, trying to get a point across in in the okay, era of in the home. era of branding. No, you're you're. Right. I I apologize. Sorry. Some American sports references might might go way over my head. Um, we're we're I'm, Cincinnati I'm Bengals fans, so we hate the Chiefs. Um, and you no, can, I, I agree you, with you. In in the era of of branding, um, that you know, giving that championship belt to a team every it's just smart like it it just is um it's smart and and the fact that they um they they made a big gold one and had snoop dog sort of pass it around it just oh, yeah yeah it's it you know it's money moves in this day and age but with all the belts there is they can afford to you know get a little nostalgic every once in a while <laughs> but pass it around sound snoop dog <laughs> Well, that's right. the funny thing to me is, which I, this is the last thing I'm going to say on it. I feel like Snoop's championship looks more like a championship than any of the other ones do. I like, like it better than Roman's. Big and gold. Yeah. It's beautiful. Big dog. Just wish they would have came up with the original design for the women instead of just a copy paste. Copy and paste. Yeah, exactly. Garbage. Yeah. And that's the thing. They deserve better than that. They do. That's the thing. I mean, we can get into a whole rant about the women's division in WWE as we're on an AEW uh, discussion podcast. Right. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> but Sorry, but it is part, part of my. I mean, I I love I love the the effort that goes towards like women's wrestling progression. I just wish there wasn't so much copying off the men hmm. uh, because there doesn't need no. to be. No. Uh, it it can be there can be separation and and you know if the men That's could reach like out and say hey I want to do this women's specific thing uh, you know there's room for that too. That's yeah. the only thing. Revolver, for example, I know a lot of people don't like intergender wrestling, and I know we got to get back to our, our our bracket here. But Revolver, we went to Saturday. They had a uh, uh, I think it was 13 people match. Uh, that was basically a money in the bank style match for what was there was no ladder, but it was like whoever wins gets the title shot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, so basically, with no like, oh, you know, these women against these men, they put three women in that match, and it was like, and they they went out there and kicked ass, and like like they'd hit Madman Fulton, and Madman Fulton turn around and hit them right the fuck back, you know what I mean? And yeah. I like that. I like like J- Jessica takes out half of the fucking the men in the match because she's a fucking badass. And what you know I love what most mean? about that, your nephew sitting behind me, I heard him say, Oh wow, I didn't know women could be that strong. See? See? Boom. And I was see? like, that's exactly it, dude. That's she was exactly out there it. kicking ass and he it made an impact for, for my nephew, dude. Like and <clears> that's something that'll stick with him. I feel like they need to do that a little bit with the WWE and, and you know just go let fucking you know 
some big let Raquel Rodriguez go beat the shit out of Ricochet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Rhea. Yeah, I mean Rhea did it to uh who was that Gallows? Body slammed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean uh yeah, cuz in that match uh who else does they have? Jody Threat. Jody Threat came in there and suplexed Madman Fulton. Like this dude's yeah. 6 foot 6, 6 foot 7. German and suplex. Jody Jody Threat's in there, you know, like 5'4", and just grabs him around the middle, and boom. And it was, you know, I'm there with my 7-year-old daughter, and she's watching this, like, you know, just going nuts. And uh, yeah. it's just cool when, when we can uh, experience that with uh, with the little ones personally. I, I really enjoy it. What a yeah, side trip. It, it plants, it, it, no, it plants <laughs> good seeds. Yeah. Uh, you know, in in young minds, and that's the one of the great things about wrestling is that 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 so much representation that can go into it, and also just like like um, it's a fantasy world, it really mm-hmm. right, and so you don't yeah. always have to be on the nose with this is a man or this is a woman. Like it's a wrestling match, and God you want right. to see the best badass wrestlers in that, and and wrestling, pro wrestling, the art form creates that space. Where it transcends so many, you know, different, you know, barriers of the real world, whether it be men versus women or black versus mm-hmm. white or whatever, it's just or the luchasaurus. Yeah, yeah, or a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, luchas and dinosaurs. So yeah, that's the great thing about it. Uh, yeah. right, so Chris yeah, Jericho can be a wizard, you know, whatever. <laughs> Chris Jericho can be a wizard. Speaking of Chris Jericho. Uh, speaking of Chris Jericho. Yeah, look, of, at that, yeah, look at that seamless segue. <clears throat> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Chris Jericho. He is yeah. up against Jeter in this bracket. Is the biggest in when I was looking at this bracket, I was like, there's no way that any one of them better pick uh anything other than Jericho for this round, or I wouldn't physically fight them. Hey, we were just talking about I wanna pick Jamie Hayter just to make Cephas mad. <laughs> one of us is going to <laughs> It's Jericho all day for sure. <laughs> Final answer. It's Jericho, yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Sweet for Jericho. I think Jamie Hayter, I mean, I think she is going to be, she is She's working great. her way to be a really mainstay player uh, in AEW. In, in her title reign was, was great. Some of her matches during that title reign was some of the best women's matches I've ever seen. I'm um, still drinking. But it's still Jericho. I mean, the work yeah. he's done and the feuds he's had with the young guys and being able to put them over sometimes um, is is excellent, man. And it's just been so entertaining and just you know the whole the freaking uh, the the Judas thing. I mean, that's incredible, right? Yeah. The whole place, everywhere you go, everybody knows is singing along. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, the the fact that he keeps. I mean, I know this is an AEW pillars list, but you can't ignore uh, what Jericho has done before that. And he just the way he keeps reinventing and keeps staying relevant and just has all these different variations of himself. Like you could you could get 10 different versions of Jericho in a 2K game. Um, yeah. him, him and Matt Hardy are two of the best ever at that. Yep. Like just guys that could okay well this isn't working anymore let me reinvent this let me reinvent that and they're just they constantly get themselves over and it's awesome clean sweep for jericho uh, yes yes yeah. sir all right next we got orange cassidy 
and Britt Baker. This might be the hardest one on here. Yep. I'd have said something yeah. different maybe a year, 18 months ago. I'd have leant towards Britt. But the, the state of the women's division there and mixed with how reliable Orange Cassidy is makes me lead towards him now. Orange versus, Orange versus, uh, 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 I'm blanking, at Forbidden Door last year. Osprey. Osprey last year, in my opinion, was match of the year for AEW. Uh, I thought that was one of the greatest matches. Orange has been great to me as well in person, online. He's liked a lot of my posts with my world record stuff. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm going to go out, especially because it's going to be easier for me to pick one in this round, and I'm going to go ahead and say orange first. What do you say, Mike? What do you Go ahead. I'm still – this is tough. This is tough um, because I agree with you, Cephas. I mean, that, that match with Osprey last year, because up until that point, I didn't really view OC like that, you know, capable of putting on, you know, dare I say a serious match. Or a match of that caliber, and I mean, he definitely proved me wrong. It just this whole championship reign, you know, he's the, all the different people that he's taken on, and all the different types of matches, and yet still being able to hang on to that that unique, you know, stuff that he does still uh, in those matches. Mm, that being said, uh, Britt is you know big reason why the women's division is really good. Really, really, really good in in AEW. I mean that Matt, her and her and Thunder. Which, by the way, it's a shame that she's not on this list. You got Billy Gunn on here. Come on, man. I wasn't gonna say anything. But now you did. I got you, homie. Thanks. Uh, I Thunder Rosa. Oh. <laughs> so, in absence of That's Thunder Rosa being oh, on here, sorry, I will pick her arch nemesis, Britt Baker, because I Ooh. feel like. Uh, While well, Orange Cassidy, has, all his Baker body of work shit. is so impressive, I feel like Britt Baker's made more of an impact. Now it's up to you, Eric. Can we just hold on? Can we just sub Thunder for for Billy Gunn in the last, <laughs> in the last match? <laughs> no. You want to relieve no. Daddy Ass of his participation? How dare you? I can. You want to give Daddy you know Ass some relief? I, I think I have the power to make an executive decision here. Lads, I'm taking your feedback on board and I'm agreeing with it. Fuck it. Like My co-host it. isn't here, so he doesn't get a say. Yeah. <laughs> Motion carries. Be, See if there, his jaws be on USA time, um, buddy. I, I tell you what. Tell you what we'll do. Tell you what we'll do. I can't, I can't take that daddy ass out. Threat. I'm sorry. I can't. Like Billy Gunn's team back in the day got me motivated for a lot of uh, a lot of dates. So I, I have to I can't uh, take him out. <laughs> I tell you All what, right. for the last match, we'll get through this, and then for the last one, we'll have a triple threat with Sammy, Billy, and Thunder Rosa. How about that? Yeah, there okay. we go. All right, that's fair. Um, so I, I, I got to go with OC. Uh, and, uh, I mean, as much as much as Britt, you know, her. I mean, I don't really know that it was just her. And same with like Thunder. I mean, I'm a huge Thunder Rosa fan for anybody that isn't aware yet. Um, but I feel like it, it wasn't either one of them directly. It was their chemistry and their feud together that really skyrocketed the 
the the women's division, in my opinion. Um, so I would I would have to err on the side of OC. Uh, OC advances. All right. So the next match. Sorry, my wife, the legend, brought me a drink. Thank you. Shout out to the wife. Uh, Shout out to the wife. Definitely. So Sammy. All right. So the last match. Uh, we have Sammy Guevara, Billy Gunn, and the late addition, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> I hope she appreciates Flair move. how big a fan the dad world order is of her. Listen, purely because I can't fucking stand Sammy, and I like oh, a swerve. You know, I like a swerve. Stay objective. I listen. I am being objective. I think he's trash. Even though he has a vlog, I know. Yeah, I think he's only on there because young hip people like him, and he, his girlfriend's hot. Like, uh, I, I don't know, Sammy, and, and he uh, he like, is objectively very athletic, but sure. his title reign, the the heel turn, all of it was a giant turd in the punch bowl for me. Yeah. So, yeah, no, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really conflicted, like. Sammy gets me conflicted because his on-screen persona and I guess his online presentation there's something not likable about it, but but his in-ring, his his the his ability, his athleticism, his the spots that he can come up with, it makes you wanna, you know, like him for that. Like I love that side of it. But it's sort of it, it's tough. When a heel is so talented, it's very, very tough to sort of come to an overall like consensus on it um, see and it wasn't even like like I just didn't like his heel work I thought his heel work was was cheap and phony and dumb it was just oh you hate us because we're hot and stuff like don't get me wrong I was at the Cleveland show when him and Cody wrestled the ladder match for the TNT title that was amazing I I watched it you know objectively that was an amazing match but had it been, you know, Sammy versus, you know, maybe somebody else, I probably wouldn't have been. I mean, honestly, I was kind of rooting for Cody in that match, and I don't really root for Cody a whole lot. I don't know. Just his whole persona is never really – like, I didn't get it when he would come out with, like, the panda hood on. Like, I don't know. Just he's not for me. We're too old for him. I think he's like you. Yeah. Older. We're not his that's demo. Yeah. <laughs> I missed Yu-Gi-Oh! because I was like 12 when it came out. I did not give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> and also, like, I thought it was an interesting move. Um, I mean, con- congratulations to him because he's about to become uh, a father. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Welcome yeah. To the club. But not a good heel move to announce that on air. Like, hey, we're pregnant. That's a great, like, um, that's a great moment. But for a heel... You know, to know who he well, was. I think that was him, like, last desperation of, oh, I need to turn face. Like, that was his, hey, you guys have to like me. I'm going to be a dad. They were trying to, like, build him up again. Like, they took Tay off TV with him. They just had him coming out in the build-up to double or nothing. And, you know, and I think that, you know, that was kind of, like he said, kind of the last-ditch effort to really try to put him over back as a baby face and bringing out the cue cards again because you know that was his super baby face move to be fair man i think that's uh that that goes back to something we touched on earlier that shows you how pure the wrestling crowd actually is we hate that some bitch oh but you're having the baby it's cool. mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, yeah. and then it, the most the most recent dynamite when he came out and cut a promo, he looked like he was a pair of New Balances away from becoming an accountant. Like just the way he was dressed and everything was. He started like, working for State Farm. I'm a dad now. <laughs> Bro, if he steals game, the dad's gimmick. <laughs> oh, I will riot. Riot. I'll take my belt off. <laughs> I'll turn this car right around. <laughs> but is it enough to vote him through? No. no. Absolutely not. So out of uh, him, Billy Gunn, and Thunder Rosa. I'm going Thunder. I'm going long. Thunder. Purely because she was just slide in. Look at that. Damn. Look at that. A right in. Right democracy, in. baby. <laughs> the third party candidate went through. Jesus, that's right. Ross Perot wins. We're opening a forbidden door. <laughs> Did you just um, fucking Ross Perot? <laughs> Mike's old, everybody. What in the Ralph Nader? <laughs> really gone You're the olive. <laughs> do you um, do you think the acclaim would have gone over as much without Billy Gum? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yes. I think he was just a cherry on top. Mm. Exactly. For me, Max Caster uh, and his raps uh, were definitely the first attraction to acclaimed for me. I, I love John Cena. I love Thugonomics. So anybody that I deemed could hang on the level with the raps instantly got my attention. And then when he backed it up with his wrestling, I, you know, I couldn't, uh, I, I don't know. They didn't need Billy. The. What I think is so hilarious about Max Caster is his constant thirsting for MJF. Have you seen all that? On yes. Twitter? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, my God. It's the greatest <laughs> thing. Like saying like they're dating and everything. It's the funniest yeah, shit ever. And MJF's always like, take this shit down. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the best part is the, the, the fandom. Like, you know, there's tons of art wrestling, like artists out there and stuff. And like they'll make like comics of those two together and max is like oh mjf look it's us and he gets all bad <laughs> about it it's so good uh you know behind the scenes they gotta be laughing real hard about it like look oh absolutely shit. yeah <laughs> right so we made it through a bracket now it gets all right. tough. Uh, first oh, round done fun. 48 round minutes done. in <laughs> <laughs> all right hello uh, 20 minutes in and out uh, Young Bucks, Mox. I gotta go Mox. I gotta go Mox, Mox. too because he, he made me tune into AEW. I was gonna yep. tune into AEW either way, but when I heard he was going to be on, uh, I believe it was All Out, where he showed up and did the DDT on the, uh, the poker chip. Dub double or nothing. Yep. Double or nothing, that's what it was. When I knew he was gonna debut there, I was like, well, I gotta watch this. Yeah, and and after that, you know what I mean. It, uh, he brought me there, so I, I got to give him that credit. And uh, he was the first, you know, Macho Man level jump ship. You know what I mean? Like when Macho Man showed up in WCW, I was like, "Holy shit, things are different." This mm -hmm. is this is that's how I felt when Mox showed up on AEW. Holy shit, yeah. things are different. So Mox all day. And if I'm not mistaken, right, he was the first sort of WWE jumper to go over. I mean, Jericho had been in New Japan for a bit, so he'd yeah. been floating around, but I think Mox was sort of the first, like, okay, I'm leaving WWE because AEW's around. Well, and he, he didn't get fired either. He just let his contract run out. 
which yeah. that kind of made it an even bigger deal. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of legitimized them to like a lot of the American fans because, you know, the Bucks and, and uh, Kenny Omega, you know, their fame was, you know, more indie stuff and Jap, you know, Jap- yeah, Japanese stuff. Um, to where Mox, you know, had the the whole American crowd and the WWE crowd, you know, behind him. So bringing him in, you know, like I said, I kind of legitimized AEW. And again, it brought people like me in also, you yeah. know, that made me pay attention to them because I was following what they were doing, but I didn't watch AEW from its uh, inception. I was just aware of it, but never really watched until they brought Mox on board. Yeah. I, mean, I, I guess Mox did the G1 right before his debut, right? Mm-hmm. So he kind of so, did the three yeah. companies in one, if I'm not mistaken, one year. He yeah. Could... And now he does like 17 in a year because he's just like, oh, I'm going to go wrestle for GCW and Revolver and New Japan and AEW all in one year. <laughs> the workhorse. He, he's just having fun. And like I, th- I feel like that just you know, emanates from him that he really is just having fun with it. Now he's enjoying being able to have the freedom to do just that because he likes helping out and he likes, you know, building people up and beating people up. Yeah. He's a blast to watch. And especially man, if you are listening to this and Mox is ever on an indie show card near you go, because that is one of the most surreal experiences ever. Like getting to see a guy that has been AEW champion three times wrestle in front of 200 people is yeah. one of the coolest things on earth, man. Cause and you can WWE just champion money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a, like a guy. And that's the thing. It's not like he comes in, wrestles for five minutes and then walks out the door. Like that dude's hanging out the whole show. And then he'll get on the mic and talk for, you know, six or seven minutes afterwards. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. You get your money's worth. So it sounds like Mox is advancing. Absolutely. Everyone gives Mox a a vote, right? Sorry, Mox. So that's all the elite gone. Yep. Gone. Deleted. Deleted. MJF Jungle Boy. MJF. 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 Got a question (laughs) for you. Do you think MJF is going to be – do you think he's going to jump to WWE in the next three years? Without a doubt. Yeah? You think he's headed there? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I feel like his style is just more WWE. Just AEW is more of the like kind of like we've been talking about, like the workhorse promotion. Like, yeah, that's – they do some sports entertainment stuff, but it's really more about, hey, watch us put on these really awesome matches. Whereas MJF can put on a really awesome match, but just his his whole everything about him just screams WWE to me. Yeah, I say when you think of MJF, though, you don't necessarily think of the actual matches. Usually, it's his promos or his antics and stuff like that. So it's that is definitely very befitting of the WWE style. Definitely got that star power, right? And he's, mm-hmm. he, I Absolutely. mean, straight in the door, he could go into a feud with Cody Rhodes. Cody, be yeah, that's a, yep, immediately. Um, I mean, Roller coaster. I mean, question is, I mean, you, you obviously can't have MJF as his, at his most savage. 
I was there at Revolution earlier in the year when he threw a drink on a kid. Yeah. And they had to get all the producers <laughs> to come out and start giving this kid merch. Like, <laughs> we were saying, watching it, like, oh, that kid's about to get hooked up. I mean, Look. for liability, I, I'm not taking MJF to Saudi. I <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's the one thing. So here here's my thing. I think he does no. jump, but I don't want him to because – I feel like he is going to be a diluted version of himself in WWE. Don't yeah. you put that evil on me. You know it's going to happen. No. All right. Well, you live in your own fantasy world. I'll live in the real world. The, the contract war 2024. I think yeah. that's such a great story. I, th- I, th- <clears throat> I think he already re-signed, but yeah, the, yeah. the kayfabe contract war. But I mean, war. Like, like 2024 is going to be... Like election season, he can jump on that wave and he can sort of oh, yeah. play off that. Have one versus the other. You know, we're going to yep. get uh, Republicans versus Democrats. He's going to oh, do yeah. WWE versus AEW. So I, I think mean, he's plant- planted that long term seed for a good story there. Did you see his, his elbow pad and his match with Cole? And said Vince was right. Yes, I did. <laughs> Loves Vince, doesn't he? He's going to get that picture one day, that photo. Oh, he's going to. He's going to. Do you know what? Once he makes the jump to WWE, you know how everybody gets the Triple H point picture? And oh, yeah. going to get the Vince point picture. Oh, yeah. That's going to be you think, Do you think MJF grows a mustache just for that picture? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And then, he, and then he goes into a feud with Austin Theory. Like, no, he's my daddy. No, he's my Yeah, daddy. right. No. No. Bro. It's, it's that's there. A1 booking right there. Yep. He's my daddy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's your next T-shirt. He's my daddy. <laughs> With Burberry, Burberry design. Hey, you can have that one for free. That's not a bad idea. Check the <laughs> within the next few days. <laughs> yeah, open the window. <laughs> MGF through. Uh, yep. Next one. Ooh, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Bigger AEW pillar. I, 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 Jericho. 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 Yeah. Jericho, yeah. clean sweep. Yeah. Like them. With that, here's, here's, here's the argument. The only argument you really need for Jericho. Without Jericho, this company doesn't have legs. Like, yep. you, yeah, you had Kenny in the box and everything. Jericho was the American. He was the John Moxley before John Moxley. Yes. He was the name that everybody was like, oh, I want to watch Chris Jericho wrestle. I know him. You know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he was the biggest star. He he yep. was the international star. He, um, but Omega, Omega, the books, and Cody, kind of, they were getting a little Jericho's long in the tooth, though, to where John Moxley was still kind of in his prime. So, you know, while Jericho, you know, was a, definitely a name, a familiar name. That's why I say, you know, Moxley for me was what legitimized it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you have, um, you have people that pave the way and, and legends pave the way a lot. But Jericho, he came in a legend that was also very active. Mm-hmm. So he was, he's been able to, you know, pull people on board. And p- people hate on him because he goes over uh, on a lot of people. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a thing that there's not who goes over, it's who gets over. And I think Jericho gets a lot of people over. I my only issue with Jericho is a lot of his feuds tend to last too long for my liking. 
and some of them the ending doesn't make sense. Um, but overall, yeah, he's definitely one of the absolute pillars of AEW. Yep. We'll see if he makes it to the end. Okay, so the last one of this bracket, this bracket, Orange Cassidy versus uh, DWO's mm. favorite Thunder Rosa. That's right. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I hate I I hate to say it, but yeah, Orange Cassidy. Rosa came in with the slide win and the and the surprise, but you know, sorry, she can't beat OC. Okay, so that's yeah. it. We 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 have the final four. Uh-oh, according, according to the Dad World Order, the four pillars of AEW are John Moxley, MJF, Chris Jericho, and Orange Cassidy. Tell us where we're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Tell me when I'm lying. Tell me when I'm lying. With that, with at least this is a preview. <laughs> I can't argue with it. So they're the four. Uh, so for time's sake, let's take these four. And if you could pick between John Moxley, MJF, Y2J, and Orange Cassidy, who is the tippity top? Who's the ultimate pillar? If, if, if there's one guy to rely on out of these four, for the survival of AEW. Mox. John Moxley. I'm going to say Mo- MJF. What do you think? I, I'm saying Mox. This is my argument because he, in the past 10 months, stepped up when he didn't technically have to, when Punk got hurt and everything happened, and carried that company through a really shitty time. When he was supposed to be on vacation. When he was supposed to be on freaking vacation, which he still hasn't taken. Right? Poor guy. Um, so that's why I got to go with Mox. Not to uh, mention the for us, by us that he has in his soul. You know what I mean? Yep. The way he helps Revolver, the way he helps GCW, the way he'll be like, oh, I wrestled for these guys 20 years ago. Let me wrestle for him now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like He's helping the AEW, too. Yeah. Dude, he did a seminar on Friday. Sixty bucks a pop. Yeah. Hey, come, I'll 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 learn you. You know, like he doesn't have to do that stuff. Yeah. But he does. I just wish I had the, the eight months experience to actually go go to it, yeah. <laughs> like that's something you can't lie on your resume about, right? You can't hey. just like all right, Mox, yeah, I'm good. Let's, let's go. And you just get slaughtered. <laughs> get real stiff real quick. Yeah. Oh, you haven't wrestled for eight months? Here's a real death rider. <laughs> One chop, and I'm like, you know what? Nope, nope, I'm good. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you. Got my 60 board. Do you know what's great about Mox is um, he, he was very much – part of the machine of WWE and, and he you could tell he very much hated that sort of marketing machine of WWE Absolutely. and being on that wheel. But the thing is with him, he's he's had a couple of outspoken comments about it. A little, a little ranty. He's told people he didn't, you know, like it that much, but he got on with it yeah. and just got back to work. And he was like, Well, I'm me, so out of outside of this machine I can just become bigger. And he's yeah. constant he's kept busy and he's become that undeniable sort of man of the people um, mm-hmm. in the wrestling space. And I don't want to give shots to any any other wrestlers who 
have been within WWE and got very frustrated by that and took different directions. But I think Moxley is the epitome of a professional wrestler. Emphasis on yes. the professional and emphasis yes. on the wrestler. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the fact that he is a pillar, the pillar of AEW, uh, I think is very, uh, very worthy. A very worthy title. Mm-hmm. And the thing, and you know, he's... Because when it came to, like, the Shield and all that, I mean, while he was part of it, he was a good talker in that. But, you know, for being honest, most of the attention was always on Seth and, and Roman. He was kind of the, the redheaded stepchild of, of the Shield, you know. Even with, right. you know, on his singles run and his title reigns, they were, you know, comical, which is probably why he's hated it. Um, but he's went to AEW and or left WWE on his own accord and went and made him self a bigger star you know he's another one like cody rhodes who gambled on himself and if he ever does make it back to wwe someday he's going back a bigger star than he ever left yeah yeah the he's no longer the the light version of you know who he is he's not dean ambrose anymore like no he's just i'm me i feel like that's firmly in the past Mm -hmm. um yeah absolutely john moxley i am i am Totally cool with that answer. John Moxley for the win. Us, I saw us picking that from the beginning. I really did. When yeah. I that thing. <laughs> it, it's hard to deny. I mean, if you just take all 16, oh, well, 17 with Thunder Rosa, and you said, okay, pick a number one right off the bat, hard to argue Moxley. But, I yeah. mean, with MJF, though, I mean, it's someone who is virtually an unknown, and now he is, you know, made a, he's a human superstar out of it. He's, yeah, he's I mean, next up. Yeah. In terms of superstardom. He's a star. But that's I had to throw my chip his way just based off of that. I mean, you know it it, it could have went either way. I'm definitely a John Moxley, I'm definitely a Homer for that guy. So I mean it's John Moxley it is. Okay, well it was a little more than twenty minutes we got through that. <laughs> twenty minutes so, out the door. Twenty minutes out the door. Now. All right. Well, hey, man. Thank you so much uh, for having us on. We uh, no, thank you. Really, really. thank thank you. I can't wait to chat to you guys again. Absolutely. All right. Top dads out.